stories, big guests, the big picture. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge. Weekdays 1230 to 3, 770 CHQR. So, energy development in B.C., I think a lot of Albertans might see that as a bit of an oxymoron, given how adamantly the B.C. government is opposed to the Kinder Morgan Trans Mountain Pipeline expansion. But there's been a lot of hope in B.C. for some time about really boosting LNG development, liquefied natural gas. Now, it was a big blow last year, not just to B.C., I think, but to Canada, really, when uh, Petronas pulled the plug on this $36 billion, billion with a B, folks, LNG project in B.C., and it seems that when it comes to LNG, we're falling behind other countries, including, of course, our, our neighbors to the south. Uh, so with that in mind, uh, B.C. Premier John Horgan, I think, realizes the potential economic benefit of this. Now, mind you, uh, some of his uh, political partners, like in the Green Party, for example, or other environmental supporters of the NDP, might not be too crazy about the idea of LNG development. Uh, So today, the B.C. Premier John Horgan uh, announcing a proposed new framework for LNG projects in B.C. that will include receiving a provincial tax rebate. Here's Horgan saying that, uh, look, companies first are going to have to answer some questions as part of, yes, his conditions. Where are the benefits for British Columbians? Are jobs being created? Are we meeting our climate objectives? And can we realize true and genuine reconciliation? Joining us to talk a bit more about BC's LNG dreams and aspirations, what today's announcement means. Please to welcome to the program Richard Zussman, Global BC legislature reporter, also author of a new book called Matter of Confidence, looking at uh, last year's political drama in that province. Richard, thanks for joining us here. Hey, Rob, my pleasure. So when it comes to LNG, uh, there's a lot of uh, hope that this can represent jobs, economic development in BC, but from an environmental perspective, it is still controversial, isn't it? Yeah, it sure is. Uh, I just walked away from a press conference that the Green Party leader Andrew Weaver is holding, and and what he said is, if this one LNG facility does come to fruition, if they do get the final investment decision and it starts uh, actually uh, taking LNG out of the ground and and exporting it, uh, the carbon emissions from that one facility would make up roughly 75% of the entire carbon emission goal of British Columbia in total to reach its 2050 emission target. So it it makes up a huge amount of that. Uh, Weaver was just saying it would mean that on all other fronts, including driving your vehicles and other ways in which uh, you know, regular people have carbon footprints, there would have to be a reduction in usage on all other platforms by 50% of usage. So it is massive in terms of carbon emissions and in terms of the sort of potential environmental impact of a project like this. Wow. So what, what might that mean politically? Are the Greens going to, <laughs> are they going to bail on, on the NDP here? Or what, what could like, happen? LNG is just such a, a massive economic, environmental, and political quagmire that has existed in this province ever since uh, former Premier Christy Clark brought it up uh, before the 2013 provincial election. And this agreement that's in place uh, is one where the Greens support uh, the NDP on budgets and confidence votes in order to keep them in power. And uh, Weaver was just describing that he believes that one of the initiatives announced today by the NDP is actually breaking that agreement. 
It's the one where if this LNG facility is built and it is the cleanest LNG in the world as promised by the company, that company will have their carbon tax frozen at $30 per tonne instead of going up to $50 per tonne, which is the target in this province by 2021. The CASA agreement, which is the deal between the NDP and the Greens, promised that the carbon tax would go up $5 a year every year until they reach that 2021 target. Does this mean we're heading to an election in British Columbia? Probably not, but it is a significant chink in the armor in terms of the the strength of the relationship between these two sides. uh, John Horgan, the BC Premier, was asked about it earlier. He said they're working very closely with the Greens to create other initiatives to lower the carbon footprint, but it clearly is something that is hugely troublesome to the Greens, which are the ones that are keeping the NDP afloat here in the province. Yeah. Well, and I mean, look, this is also a huge project. LNG Canada, this would be a $40 billion project in Kitimat. So yeah, that, that is massive. Uh, it's interesting because, as I understand, when the uh, Liberals were in power and were offering concessions to LNG, this was something that the NDP was was quite critical of. Yeah, hugely critical. And we already have all the previous statements being churned out uh, from now the opposition Liberals about what the NDP said at the time, uh, including uh, now Premier, then opposition leader John Horgan talking about uh, uh, big companies like Shell didn't need rebates from government. Well, that's exactly what the NDP announced today. You know, these rebates are pretty significant, even more significant than what the previous government was offering. Uh, what the NDP says is different this time around is that these tax changes would only come into effect um, if that uh, final investment decision is made by the company, whereas the previous government made all the tax regime changes. They're currently on the books here in B.C., although there were no firm final investment decisions. So that's the slight difference. But there's a lot of breaks here. There's a PST break, the carbon tax break I mentioned. So there's a lot of industry breaks that are coming. And, you know, this is, as been described many times, a -a once-in-a-generation opportunity. You mentioned it, $40 billion investment. That is huge. More than 10,000 jobs. Uh, There's an agreement that British Columbians would get the first crack at those jobs. So there's a lot here uh, that could help the economy. But there are also a lot of other questions, you know, as we talked about environmentally and politically, too. Right. But I I think from a political point of view, John Horgan sees a lot of value in being the champion of something this big. Yeah, absolutely. You know, when you can create up to 10,000 construction jobs and 950 full-time jobs every year after that, uh, it obviously is a big boost to your economy, especially when there have been a lot of criticisms from your opponent that you're a government that doesn't create jobs. So if the NDP can show somehow that they can meet the province's environmental targets while also creating jobs, that's sort of a political slam dunk, right? So I think they're trying to take a crack at this. Uh, Another big part of this is is First Nation support, a huge issue, obviously, here in British Columbia around all uh, environmental and economic development in terms of getting First Nation support. And part of this is that they're ensuring that uh, there will be respect and partnerships with First Nations in order uh, for this project to go forward. It's interesting because we had recently the decision uh, by John Horgan's government to embrace the Site C Dam against something that the Green Party didn't like, environmental groups didn't like. Uh, And I wonder, too, what the followed from this, that if John Horgan feels he needs to appease these various groups, that it it gives him an additional incentive to, to kind of grandstand on the Trans Mountain Pipeline or double down in his opposition to the Trans Mountain Pipeline. Do you see a connection there? 
Rob, you've nailed it. You've nailed it exactly right, because that's a huge factor here in BC, right? The, the, the projects for which the NDP were knocked before the election were, they were no to Site C, no to LNG, and no to Kinder Morgan. Well, they've now said yes to Site C, they've said yes to LNG, and they need to firmly say no to Kinder Morgan um, if they are going to remain credible at all with the environmental wing of the party. And there are a lot of environmentally conscious voters who I think very happily would lend their vote to the Greens um, if they are concerned about, uh, you know, issues around the environment and, and what would happen with Trans Mountain. You know, that issue is obviously very complicated as well. It's going before the courts. The government's now preparing this reference question. We'll let the courts decide whether BC actually has the constitutional right to stand in the way of the pipeline. I think an easy out for the NDP is if the courts rule against them, the NDP will keep putting up this fight, but knowing that they're just going to keep losing each court decision, then eventually the pipeline will be built and the NDP will say we did everything we could to stop it. So they have a little bit of political coverage there, but you make a very good point that that this is a real sign that the NDP needs to stand up strong against that project, considering uh, they've supported the other two. Yeah, that could be interesting. Richard, we'll leave it there. Uh, more globalnews.ca slash BC. And, of course, the book uh, we mentioned, Matter of Confidence. People want to understand the dynamics of BC, uh, BC politics a little bit more and all the drama from last year. Richard, thanks so much for joining us here today. Yeah, thank, thanks for having me on. Take care. Uh, there you go, Richard Zussman, Global BC legislature reporter. So a very interesting day, the BC NDP getting on board big time uh, with LNG development. Even though, as he says, that was one of the things uh, they were supposed to be against. Along with the Sightsee Dam, they like that now. Along with the Kinder Morgan Transbound Pipeline, well, they still don't like that. And maybe to keep certain factions happy, they're going to have to really not like that. Which could be problematic here in Alberta. And by the way, on that note, now, this was a video that the Premier herself posted on, on Twitter today. It was in response to a question yesterday in the Alberta legislature from uh, opposition leader Jason Kenney who said, you know, the Miss, uh, Miss Premier, you're being way too passive when it comes to B.C., that just because John Horgan dropped this one little point in his five demands, you know, you gave in too easily. You're being too passive. We need to be tougher when it comes to B.C. This is what the Premier said. Uh, Mr. Speaker, uh, when I think of the word passive, what I think about is being in Ottawa for nine years when there is a Conservative government in Ottawa, in Edmonton, and in Victoria, and not getting a pipeline built, Mr. Speaker. That's my idea of passive. Uh, Quite honestly, what is not passive is standing up for Albertans strategically, is setting out very clearly what needs to happen, eliminating 0.5 and getting that result, Mr. Speaker. That's exactly what we did. And since then, Mr. Speaker, we've made it very clear that we will stand up for Albertans exactly as we need to, and there will be legislation coming forward on exactly that point, Mr. Speaker. Okay. So, yeah, I mean, there was something hinted in the throne speech that there may be some legislation coming that would give the government some tools to retaliate against B.C. in other ways. And again, if John Horgan's going to have to double down on his opposition to Trans Mountain to keep these factions happy, then I suppose that gives that that uh, even more imperative. It's an odd argument, too, that, that Rachel Notley makes, and I guess they're going to throw it back in, in Jason Kenney's face a lot because he was a member of a federal government that uh, I suppose you could argue didn't get a pipeline built to the West Coast. But the irony of Rachel Notley making that argument is that the one pipeline to the West Coast that the Harper government had before it was Northern Gateway. The Harper government did approve Northern Gateway, let's not forget. And basically, uh, opponents ran out the clock until the Harper government was defeated. 
Now, I don't know. I, I really don't know. If the Harper government had been reelected, do we really think we'd be getting both Northern Gateway and Trans Mountain? I don't know. But the point here is that Rachel Notley and the NDP, they opposed Northern Gateway. So it's a little rich to say, ha, boy, Jason Kenney, you really failed getting Northern Gateway built, even though I didn't want you to build it. That's an odd argument to make. I mean, the Harper government did approve and oversee the construction of the pipelines, like the Alberta Clipper, which is a pretty big one, the original Keystone, which is another big one. So uh, there were some pipelines built, but obviously any government can only build the pipeline. Well, they don't even build the pipelines. They approve pipelines that companies want to build, and those companies build them. So when it comes to Trans Mountain, obviously the Harper government had nothing to do with that because the NEB didn't make its recommendations until 2016 when the Liberals were in power. So that's an odd argument the Premier's making there. But again, I think the point about uh, a showdown with BC, I think, is suddenly going to become more relevant because I think there's going to be some trickle down on this LNG decision to the Trans Mountain Pipeline. 974-8255 is a number. We're back with more right after this. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge, starting at 1230 on News Talk 770 Calgary.